Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. Black entertainment has been on the rise lately. However, so has Black trauma. We don't need to have our pain exploited in film and TV when news outlets give this to us every evening at 6 o'clock. Our hosts will discuss the need for more Black entertainment that takes us on adventures through the love tunnel and mythical worlds. Not trauma. So for Landris, those of you who follow me know I live for history and all things nerdy. So when Bridgerton and The Witcher came out, I was living. I got a chance to enjoy stories that had Black characters who were warriors and romantic interests. And I want to see more of this. I want to see more. I want to cry because my favorite character just got cursed by a witch into another dimension. Not because the police had a bad day. This is Emeka. And for me, I appreciate television writers and showrunners like Misha Green, who are able to create shows like Lovecraft Country that depict painful historical atrocities faced by Black people in creative and unique ways that can be educational, entertaining, and center Black characters in genres we're not often seen in, without creating and leaning solely into a Black trauma porn trope. I'm grateful for shows like Insecure that show Black women with different backgrounds, melanin, personalities, and shapes and sizes going through universal everyday life experiences that are not solely rooted in Black pain or trauma. I'm thankful for young people like Marseille Martin, who's already making such a great impact in Hollywood, not just by being the youngest person to produce a film in Hollywood, but even more so for speaking publicly about her refusal to do films centered on Black pain and making sure one of her latest projects as producer includes an all-brown-skinned girl cast. I know there were mixed reviews when it came to Coming America 2. However, I loved it for everything that it wasn't. Um, I saw Black people who I grew up uh, with, who grew up watching this, making me laugh uh, at the the quotes that they saw in the actual show. And then as I actually watched it, I was like, geez, this is such a nostalgic moment because here are some of my favorite characters all in one movie having a really good time. And it was just like Black joy on display. Uh, something that I feel like we haven't seen in a while as a society, as a society, <laughs> goodness. Um, and so it was like a breath of fresh air to see coming to America too, being everything that we had not been seeing lately, which was an influx of black trauma. Uh, so I love that. In the Umbrella Academy, I don't know if you got a chance to check that out. I had never heard of this. Um, but Netflix showed it and one of the characters used to be in Hamilton, uh, the stage play and seeing her be this amazing character with these superpowers power- to use her voice as a black woman, as a superpower was just like phenomenal. So I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> and then there was um, the old guard uh, with Charlize Theron. There was a black character who 
could not die and she became like this strong powerful mythical being so here are so many black women characters being um powerful women not in the midst of struggle but just being mythical beings going at adventures being in action movies i'm like yes i want to see more black women have these kind of powers and it's not just about their oppression um and then you have the flip side in the haunting of blind manor where there was a black woman who was a ghost and she found love and i'm like you see her death um you see her the depth of her character being developed throughout the story she's not any stereotype of a black woman and, and she's able to you genuinely fall in love um, without any signs of black trauma. And then there's Sherry Shepard, whom I love, on Mr. Iglesias, who's this principal of a school trying to find love and has a diverse group of friends. She's getting to be funny. She's getting to be herself. And people are accepting her as who she is and I absolutely love 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 these shows and these films and I feel like we need to see more of these on display so in that realm I want to know what has been one of your favorite non-traumatic forms of black entertainment you have been enjoying recently and it could be as recent as over the past three to five years because I know we've been going through a whole lot of black trauma porn what has been at least one of your favorite non-traumatic forms of black entertainment um, well, first, I do want to point out that what I hear you saying, <laughs> based off what you listed, is you're enjoying Netflix and what Netflix is putting out. All sure. of the shows and films that you noted, I believe, are Netflix originals, <laughs> um, uh, except for yeah. Coming to America. Uh, and I will add to that list, Thunder Force. Uh, is another example of that, which is the superhero movie with um, Octavia Spencer, where wow. she and her daughter um, become superheroes along with Melissa McCarthy. So it's like superhero slash comedy. Um, and yeah, there's there's no trauma, no negativity. Um, they address race, but it's more like, you know, because she's a Black woman in STEM. Um, so it's, um, which is, you know, kind of a positive thing, right? Because we definitely want to encourage our young girls to um, look into STEM or STEAM. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like to me first, you're saying Netflix is doing a good job at this. <laughs> you know what? I never thought, I did not put that together when thinking about these, when thinking about this episode, I did not think about it. Like Netflix really did a good job. And I think maybe that has something to do with their panel, The Strong Black Lead. Like they mm. actually have a department that literally deals with uh, Black entertainment beyond the Black trauma. So you get to see the different avenues of uh black talent on display and maybe that could be like um what's the word like some that could be the 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 catalyst that pushes more diversity in other industries as well you need these specific departments to actually give you what your uh audience or your employees need because who can relate to black people the way black people want to be related to other than black people so you have an entire section of netflix that's catering to black entertainment in ways that we want to see ourselves and i just you know netflix you did that i also (laughs) want to take a moment 
to recognize Netflix for placing Beyonce's Homecoming in their Black superhero section. Oh, right. <laughs> you go if you go to their section. What do they call it? Is it called Black Stories? Maybe. Yeah, and then they'll have it by different types of genres. And the last time I checked, Homecoming is under the superheroes, right there next to like Luke Cage. Okay, shut the front door. <laughs> I did not know. So that. shout out to them for that. Um, I don't know if the Strong Black League panel had something to do with that. Shout out to them. Um, Beyonce is a superhero. Okay, um, that she is. <laughs> um. Okay, your question was some examples of um, non-traumatic um, entertainment. Um, obviously, I like Insecure um, on HBO. I think they do a really good job of um, showcasing different types of Black women, and they're diverse in several different ways, and also giving us um, storylines that you know can be universal storylines sometimes we want to see black people just experiencing things that aren't rooted in like being oppressed or traumatized or um experiencing racism um i think it's important we can't completely you know have everything coming out of hollywood ignore that stuff um but it also doesn't have to be the center of most of the projects um, that come out of Hollywood. So I definitely appreciate them for that. Um, Let's see, what else? Obviously you can go back and look at reruns. Uh, So Living Single. um, Which is still funny to this day. I just want to say it is still funny. It is, it is. and I think there are some shows, like old shows that I would go back to, that they definitely have episodes where they navigate things that Black people face and deal with. Um, but they also do a good job of also talking about other experiences not related to those things. So A Different World, The Carmichael Show, which I really enjoyed. And I rewatched yes. and it was yes. hilarious when I rewatched it. Um, a couple. The, of I really ago. wish that one. I really wish the Carmichael show would have extended beyond what it was because I, know, yeah. I thought we would have gotten like the, a different world amount of seasons and episodes of the Carmichael show because it was so good. I really love. Like I, I really wanted us to have so many more episodes and seasons of that show because it was a real black family on television. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally have those people in almost every Black family. And I'm like, yes, why? <laughs> we need more. Why would you cancel this? Yeah. But um, for my non-traumatic forms of Black entertainment, most people know from my post, Bridgerton is like my <laughs> number one right now. <laughs> I live for Bridgerton. I have watched it three times I have what? no sex yes wow I have watched it three <laughs> times because I loved it so much it was like the show itself that touched a little bit on race and mm-hmm. but not in a sense that it just drained you from wanting to engage in more of the show like there was love there was drama there was action there was everything in this one show and it's very rare that we get 
period piece romance novel type shows with black faces in them right that that let me correct that that aren't servants <laughs> and i mm. <laughs> loved every bit of it i and i love that reggae jean was the lead character i'm mad that he's not coming back yeah i was gonna say so then how does that kind of impact it because when you talk about there's the one aspect of it of loving the fact that it's a, a historical period piece because I love to see black characters in historical period pieces, especially when they're not like enslaved or servants yes. or whatever. But you also mentioned one of the things you liked about Bridgerton is because they had a black character in a period piece involved in romance, but now that character is gone. So do you think you're going, so that means he's not going to be part of the romance and I haven't heard that they're like bringing in another black character that would be like kind of involved in romance, possibly. I know mm -hmm. it's gonna be centered on the older brother, so they could possibly bring one in, but I don't think I've heard that. So if they don't, do you think you'll enjoy it as much? Because we really didn't get any type of romance from Lady Danbury. We didn't get any from Queen Charlotte, but we are getting a spinoff for Queen Charlotte, which is going to talk about her love life as well, I believe. So we'll get it from that. But from season two of Bridgerton, it doesn't seem like we're guaranteed to have a Black love interest. So do you think you'll enjoy it as much? So I have hope, and I'm crossing my fingers that they do this. So if you remember, uh, the Duke's friend, his best friend, Will, and his wife and their kids. And if you remember, like, and I hope y'all have watched the show at least one time, and I'm not spoiling anything for you right oh, now. It's too late to talk about spoilers. Mm -mm. I mean, no, it's too late to complain about spoilers. So please yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so, so Will, in the end, he ends up coming up in society. Okay. And so you see him at in the very last episode of the season with his wife and he's at the Dukes uh, and um, Daphne's home and they're engaged and dancing and drinking and there's a nod to him. And I feel like there's going to be a development of Will and his wife's story. You think beyond, so? Even though I think the so. Duke and Daphne aren't central characters? No, the Duke and Daphne are the central characters, but Will and his no, wife... No, the, I said they're not going to be central characters in season oh, two. I think there's a possibility because the way that it ended, oh my goodness, the family who um, he won the money from, mm -hmm. I forgot their name, that family received a letter about who won the money. Right. And I feel like he's going to be somehow tied to That's that storyline. So that I'm like, true. I don't think that they're getting rid of Will just yet. And there has okay. not been any press about it. So I'm kind of pushing and holding out on hope that Will gets his storyline. And we also see more Black characters. I know Lady Danbury is going to still be with us. She and Hurricane are still in my spirits. We will have Queen Charlotte. And apparently they're yes. going to actually develop the roles of young uh, Lady Danbury as well as Queen Charlotte, like you said. Um, so I'm hoping that we get to expand a bit upon up on that. We get to see uh, more of more black characters enter into the storyline. I am hoping. I am praying for this. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know if I expect it for season two, but I'm treating this the way that I treated um, Game of Thrones, which mm -hmm. is 
being entertained for what it is mm-hmm. and getting my feelings hurt in the first ceiling, uh, season and then understanding that y'all probably going to hurt my, my feelings throughout the rest of the universe. But I'm still going to continue to show up to be traumatized every week, every season, because I like this show and where y'all started with and where y'all going <laughs> with it. So maybe it's just me wanting to be involved in this uh, because I haven't been this involved in a show since Game of Thrones came out. Like I haven't felt like like super excited about a show since Game of Thrones like came out and was like giving us all the feelings and all the, the drama and the action and then just leaving us at the red wedding and the purple wedding and just shutting all our little feelings down. So I feel like I'm going to be invested in this for quite some time. And hopefully they don't let us down in the final season like Game of Thrones. But we don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into that. No, I I have full faith in Shonda. (laughs) I have full faith in Shonda that she won't (laughs) do that to us. Because she didn't do that to us with uh, Scandal. And she did not do that to us in um, How to Get Away with Murder. Mm -hmm. So I still have hope that Shonda, if she's going to break our hearts, it's going to make sense. It's not going to be because a bottle was left on the set. I'm just saying we're we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit more I think we'll get a little bit more care and understanding with Shonda Rhimes. Which also <laughs> leads me to um do you think how do you feel about the way that entertainment plays a role in the perception of how we view ourselves and how other people view us? How do you feel about the way that entertainment uh does these portrayal of black people? Because um when I was preparing for this episode, I saw a few videos that came up on social media trying to behave like they were on an episode of Love and Hip Hop. And they show people of different races behaving like this and, and believing that this is how Black women are supposed to behave and this is how Black men are supposed to behave. But I'm like, that's not who we are. That's mm-hmm. not who we are as a collective, as a community. And I feel like sometimes those forms of entertainment that everyone consumes puts this negative portrayal on us. But you see things like uh, Bridgerton where the Duke dresses up really nice and he's dealing with his emotions and he's dealing with trauma that he needs to process and what a man should be. And then all of a sudden you see black men cosplaying and dressing up like the Duke. And you, you see you? them... I yes, seen I have, it. I've not I seen, have that. seen them. I'm on the wrong side of TikTok. Oh, you might be. You might be. <laughs> Early on, they used there were some some of the black men trying to, like making funny TikToks about <laughs> uh, portraying the Duke and and being uh, like a different form of masculine. And then you see people like Leslie Odom coming out in this phenomenal attire that gives you the hood verse, uh, the hood meets the Victorian era, which I really think needs to be developed into a regular style in black culture. Cause it is so cute. I love it. Um, but also I think about shows like um, WandaVision. Have you seen it? Of course. So, so I'm thinking about WandaVision and I'm thinking about the black woman character and how, strong she was and how she is this mythical mystical character like I, I know it's fairly new I'm not gonna say too much um, no one division no it's fine I get the question <laughs> I mean I guess we'll say maybe come back later to this episode if you haven't seen one division you don't like spoilers because I want to hear fully your thoughts 
<laughs> I think I think about her and how she's uh she's actually this this alien that's not uh, a human at the end. Uh, like you, you, you see in the end that she's really not human, but she has these superpowers and she gets to have her Afro. She gets to be this genius. Like you get to see a, 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 a multidimensional black woman with powers and natural hair girl. Cause uh, let me just say, I'm living for it. I just really love seeing black women characters with natural hair. Right. Um, I think there should be more pictures of the queen of queen Charlotte in her Afro wig. Yes, I yes, just feel like people yes. don't share that picture enough. Um, yes. But yes, but to your original question, <laughs> which was, wait, what was it? Um, um, how do you think entertainment plays a role in oh, the right. of how we view ourselves and how others view us? I think you kind of touched on it, which is that um, it plays a large role in how people see themselves media can play a large mm-hmm. role in how people see themselves and how other people see us, especially if they don't encounter people who look like us on a regular basis. So basically, if most of their exposure to people who look like me are on their TV screen or on a movie screen, then that is going to definitely play a role in how they see me when they encounter me, which is why right. um, it's is so valuable and important and important to have representation of diverse types of black people on TV and in movies. So like Insecure, like On a Different World. And I also um, think of the black family on This Is Us. Yes. Um, I love the way they portray that family. And I'm sad to see them go after the next season, even though it was, I mean, not to see the Black family is not leaving. This is us. This is us is ending (laughs) in the next season. Um, But I just, I love their family um, and how, you know, they go through real things. um, Some that are related to who they are as Black people and also some things that are not solely related to the fact that they're Black um, and how they navigate that as a family and how they navigate so many different topics and issues, um, even with the young, with the young girls, um, and then also, obviously, Randall and Beth. And I also, I just adore Randall and Beth. I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss Randall and Beth. I don't know how people, how, how do you not love them? And I feel like that that speaks to so many shows that go unnoticed when it comes to like these different dimensions of character. So like I, when I see Jessica Pearson, I see you. I see a black attorney. I see someone who is strong-minded. I see someone who can stand up for themselves and who can dress phenomenally Ugh. while doing so love like, Jessica Pearson like when I watched Suits I was like who is this powerful Afro-Latina yes. woman who can like be the leader of the entire firm and command respect in the way that she does while being knowledgeable in the courtroom no less like my god why is there not more representation 
of her when it comes so that when you see black women attorneys, you think of this role of this person because that show is so good. Like, it I've is. Been twice. Can I share? Because I was recently thinking about this the other day about speaking of black women attorney on screens and how people perceive black women and especially even in the workplace, which we've talked about in previous episodes. I was thinking about Claire Huxtable mm. and how we know Claire Huxtable has the ability to set any and everybody straight. But there is something about the way that Felicia Rashad delivered those scenes that I yes. never got the angry black woman or sassy black woman trope mm. with it, which I thought was really interesting. Cause I think oftentimes um, one, we are stereotyped to be that. Um, and certainly if we're correcting people or um, you know, basically setting people straight um, and confident and strong in that. Um, but there was something about the way she delivered it. I just never got this, oh, she, they're putting her in this sassy black woman trope or this angry black woman trope. Right. You know? And I got that from her too. Like she, she was able to command respect and attention by walking into the room. Like there was mm-hmm. something about her entire presence that exudes confidence and respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that also comes across in her that also has now been associated with who she is outside of that character now mm-hmm. like people when you see Felicia Rashad you think Claire Huxtable and you think pride in her and some people mm-hmm. like and she's gone on to do other movies she's gone on to do other shows she's but- Beth's mother Hello. Oh, this is us. yeah <laughs> hello and she was this myth she was this this young brilliant girl in a Christmas story that we got last year mm, that jingle, was so, jingle, jingle, so jingle was so good <laughs> yes <laughs> and again and I, we're back to Netflix full circle okay but but listen Netflix I, I do want to point out though I don't know how much time we have left but because we're giving a lot of props to Netflix but I am curious about your thoughts about their family sitcoms um, they have quite a few Black family sitcoms right now. They have at least four, right? Family Reunion, Black AF, um, The Upshaws, and Dad Don't Embarrass Me. So I've I only think seen they can be a bit, some of them can be stronger. Um, so I, I, I want to balance, <laughs> yes. you know, we're kind of fangirling Netflix, but some of those sitcoms can be a bit stronger, though I appreciate having multiple Black family sitcoms. Absolutely. I think they do a good job with some of their other shows when it comes to family sitcoms like Mr. Iglesias, like um, what was that show? Uh, One Day at a Time. Uh, One Day at a Time was phenomenal. It, well, it wasn't a Black show, but it was phenomenal. They did really well. And I was looking forward to having that kind of show but for black families now maybe they might be in the process of getting that better let me throw this out there because you said one day at a time in black family and and we're running out of time so i'm just gonna throw it out there i don't know if you have time to comment norman lear who is behind one day at a time and also executive produced the um reboot on netflix um he's also the creator of good times (gasps) and um netflix last I heard, 
is working with him and um, the guy behind Family Guy and Steph, Steph, Steph McFarlane. McFarlane and Steph Curry to do a Good Times reboot on Netflix animated. I still don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about one that One day at a time was so good. So I'm like, Norman Lear clearly knows how to do a reboot on Netflix, but when we're talking about Seth MacFarlane, when we're talking about making an animated good time, and it'll be a contemporary, like, in present day version of the show, I'm just throwing it out there because we were talking about that, but... I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um... Uh, so I know we're running out of time, but really quick, what are your thoughts on black cosplay? Um, we had a um, a Halloween costume contest at my previous employer a couple of years ago, post Black Panther. Um, we're attorneys, so some people didn't go all out. I was full out Shuri, including the makeup, full costume. So. Love my it. Thoughts. I'm pro cosplay. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> yes, I think I would love to see more black cosplay because I love when y'all dress up like Susie from Rugrats and Shuri. And listen, if you look at our our Instagram page, you'll definitely see it. Um, so I just want to wrap up and say we are nerds. We are athletes. Let us let ourselves. Let's see ourselves having fun and adventures. Just not all about our pain and our and our service. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is So For Us.